If you're in business, you probably have a website, but can your site handle your growth? How many visitors before your site slows down or crashes? What about storage and data security? From web hosting to virtual servers, Pair Networks provides the online infrastructure you need to start, grow, and flourish. When it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. No frustrating chatbots are sitting on hold for hours. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. That's P-A-I-R.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Dent, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neonathotep uh, as we have boarded a train. So we have boarded the Orient Express out of Paris on a very, very beautiful evening in Paris, and we are now headed towards Lausanne. Uh, so just to make sure that we get all of the propers in properly, uh, we will do introductions, so starting to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and uh, maybe I'll meet more interesting people on the train. Mayhaps you will. And to Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I think I might have got a little angry at Sam last episode. At the end of the table. This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle. And I don't think I'm going to meet anybody interesting on the train because Miss uh, Lane will not let me leave my room. It's probably true. She's very concerned about you becoming playboy of the of the uh, Swiss Alps. <laughs> That's evidently. fair. I mean. Uh, and uh, speaking of your, uh, your terrible wound, the person who will likely be taking care of you uh, and keeping all of those wonderful ladies off of you. This is James. I'll play playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, who is apparently a doctor and now a bouncer outside of Jack's room. <laughs> and last one, certainly not least. This is Alex. I'll be playing Sam Baron, and I've been a bad, bad patient doctor. <laughs> yeah, I think that's absolutely clear. Uh, so it is very late that evening after the staff of the Orient Express has collected all of you and made sure that you have your... Compartments. They assist you with any luggage. They prepare the space so that you may sleep. They ensure that you understand where the saloon car is in case you are interested in libations. They let you know where the dining car is in case you are interested in having some light fare as uh, you make your way into Switzerland. And right on time, without skipping a beat, the doors close, the very long and deep pull from the whistle comes, and you are off and moving. The Orient Express is, as you have experienced before, a train like none other. The feel of the train is totally different. It's a marvel each time you sit in its high back chairs and enjoy everything that the Orient Express has to offer. 
This evening is no different, as I am certain that some of you will be enjoying um, drinks as uh, as a method of soothing some of your mental or and or physical pains. So, as the band strikes up and the piano plays and the clink of glasses, the smell of cigars and cigarettes fill the air, how are you spending this evening on the way to Lausanne? Drinking and singing. Sitting in a corner, enjoying a heady brew and watching the room. The great thing about people watching on the Orient Express is that there's always someone here you have not seen before. Indeed. So whether it's uh, dignitaries or politicians from a number of European countries, uh, to jewelers from the Far East, to uh, businessmen from London, you get a wide array of clientele. You do also see that at one end of the saloon car, um, one of the gentlemen that Sam had pointed out to you is sitting, his back firmly as far towards the corner as he can get and keeping an eye roughly on the rest of the room. So with uh, with the doctor, um, people watching, and uh, Miss O'Shea um, singing and drinking. I'm going to teach people Irish drinking songs. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I look over at... Uh... Obviously, it's probably just Jack and I in the in the train car, unless Sam is with us. I'm with the doctor, glued to his hip. Fantastic. Um, I look over at Jack. Jack, do you, do you want anything to drink? No, you know what? I think I'm going to uh, turn in early tonight. I give him a, a little what? bit. I mean, again, the it train is a, like it 11, is 11 o'clock. o'clock. I'm yeah. turning in early. It'll be before midnight. You know you want to turn in early you also know in <laughs> perhaps in in some space here in your chest that there is there is a deeply unresolved topic which at some point must be resolved yeah whether you want to take that on at near midnight is clearly up to you probably not best especially after a long day and everybody's probably uh, you know their uh, fuses are a little short and they're partaking in, in it yeah maybe maybe in the morning Maybe. Um, so you're teaching drinking songs. Mm-hmm. Um, people are catching on as best they can. Again, Doctor, this is um, this is the, the third time that you've now seen this. The uh, Miss O'Shea being um, almost um, animated. Hmm. Um, it does remind you a bit of her in more of a space two years ago. Um, she seems to be almost full of life in a way. I buy her a drink and send it over via the waiter and continue what Do I'm doing. Do you want me to roll perform? Sure, if you'd like to roll perform. See how uh, effective your performance is. That would be a 36 out of 68. 36 out of 68. 34 is hard. You have the luck if you want to spend it. Um. Yeah. She has really riled up the crowd. What started as kind of this low musical number has gotten several people in the crowd involved and now people are like stomping their feet and clapping in somewhat of a mostly semi-drunken rhythm like i picture like a a viking like drinking hall kind of like get people in people are 
banging on tables. Filled with rich Europeans. <laughs> yeah, filled with mostly rich Europeans. Um, that said, though, there are uh, people who are eager to play along. The band that is there, this piano, and then there's a couple of uh, horned instruments. They seem to get the drift pretty quickly, and they kind of give her proper backing music. And once the music kicks in, you're tapping your feet to it uh, subconsciously because she's entertaining everyone. Belting it out. While she's giving such a great performance and I people watching, I'm going to specifically watch the crowds for the people, the crowd for the people who aren't enjoying themselves. Okay. Because to not enjoy yourself with such a raucous bit of entertainment, something important must be happening to you. And those are the people that fascinate me. Are the two people with the murderous intent present as well? So yes, Sam, the um, one of the person, one of the first, the first gentleman that you saw of the two is here already. Um, it looks like he's almost staked out a position. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty clear. Um, he's waiting for the inevitable. So I keep an eye on him while I just kind of hold the, uh, the gray journal on my lap. And I'll be flipping through it in such a way that if if the doctor were to look down his nose, he would see what I was doing. He's a pretty observant chap. And some yeah. Sam looks like he's writing in a book. What are you doing? You're missing a wonderful time. Oh no, I can hear it just fine. Uh, I'm just cataloging one of the uh, books from the Miser House. Part of the O'Shea collection, yeah. Not this one, no. Speaking of, you know they are a very vital and very important thing to her. You know that, right? They should be important to all of us, Doctor. They are important to all of us, but more so to her. But I feel maybe in that you know that. You are not stupid, Sam. I'm not concerned with how she feels about them. To deny us tools that would otherwise have a direct application to the forces with which we've decided to meddle, leaving myself and others woefully unprepared would lead us to the same fate of the ill-prepared. Oh, yeah, this is... I have no argument for you. Uh, yes, I would like one more drink, thank you. Right away, sir. Um, but I, the thing you have to remember is that it's easier to work with the river than to roll against it, yeah? I asked for Miss O'Shea's cooperation. She refused. Well, she's... To use the term secretive is to do it as a disservice. I don't have time for that, Doctor. We don't have time for it. You say you don't have time, but there's sometimes there's only way to do things is the proper way, and we cannot just bullwark through them, yeah? We cannot rush through them like there's some kind of bull or cow. But that is not why I'm here. That's not what I'm here to talk about. You will resolve the issue. I have no doubt. The question is, what are you going to do with the information once it is catalogued? Once we have everything all figured out? You say it is for all of us, but I have no interest in reading such things. Every time I do, my eyes bleed and I forget things for half an hour. That's the thing, Doctor. What I'm hoping to create here is a, f- a filter, essentially. some An index of the, the utility that it, these things provide. The We've seen what she does, what she is capable of doing. And the things that we are 
we've chosen to act against are very capable. Oh, yeah? Very dangerous. Well, they are terrifying. Yeah, I, I do not disagree. Why should you. we be no less terrifying, Doctor? Well, how do I put this? I would never give a scalpel to a, to a man who does plumbing. I would never have a man who fixes automobiles, you know, grow my food. I'm thinking that perhaps with certain things, there are certain knowledges that should only be kept by certain people who are best equipped to handle them, yeah? But it is just my opinion. I am that one man. Who are you to say who is best equipped? Does she look adjusted to you? I look over. She seems fine. Is this healing, Doctor? Look at him. I am not here to talk about who is and is not well-adjusted, Sam. That is not a thread any of us wishes to pull upon. And to unravel all of us. What I am saying is that we are a group, and as such we have faced many horrible things. But we have faced them together. And that is how it must be if we are any of us to survive. Including you, sir. Food for thought. I am not lecturing you. You drink, sir. Ah, wunderbar. Drop a franc onto the tray. You truly don't understand, do you? One moment. Uh, to the waiter. And could you send a drink over to that man in the corner, please? The one with the grumpy face. Of course, sir. Wunderbar. Thank you. And to answer your question, Sam, there are many things I do not understand. <laughs> Least of all the things that we are investigating here... Doctor, if you're being accosted by a monster, would it not be horribly convenient to be able to tell it to stop and have it listen to you? Well, yeah, but if I'm being accosted by a man, it would be the same amount of convenience for me to tell him to stop. And, you know, whether a monster well, or a man... One of these things won't necessarily rip your arm off for touching its food. You were not in Germany doing World War One, were you? But I'm saying, Sam... You're not going to convince me that she is special, Doctor. She's just given over what she's had to, the same as Gavigan, the same as all these other fools that we're dealing with. It is a dangerous group to put her in with Gavigan. She has only our best interests at heart. In fact, so much so... I'm not so talking about I... her morality, Doctor. I'm talking about her capability. She's formidable with mysterious and otherworldly powers. Yeah? She's choosing to make them a mystery to you. Yeah? She's chosen to make them a mystery to me. Yeah? Denying me those tools. Ah, there we come to the crux of the issue. You need those tools. Yeah. The doctor stands up. should have those tools. I don't want them. Now, if you'll excuse me, I am going to enjoy the rest of this song, Sam. And I'm going to talk to that gentleman down there, who looks like he is about to bite nails in half. I will be right back. So, Miss Sosha, you, um, you keep up your dancing and your um, singing. Uh, probably two or three songs into this. You have a litany, <laughs> a rather, a rather a, an actual tray of drinks awaiting you that other people are buying for you. Um, it gets almost a little overwhelming, uh, not for you, of course, but for the staff there who are trying to find space on the bar to put all the drinks waiting for you. Behind you, the door opens from the passenger areas to the saloon car. And a couple more people come in. And they fairly readily join in some of the fun. At least most of them. 
there is one gentleman who who's kind of in a, a thicker overcoat. You've seen a couple of these overcoats here because as you're going up into the, especially into, into the elevations, the, the temperature is going to drop, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he sits at the far end of the bar. The Alps are cold. <laughs> yeah, Lausanne isn't necessarily a very warm place, especially in late February. And uh, the, the gentleman, this larger coat, kind of sits down. Uh, and he's sitting at the bar, and uh, he's got to be one of maybe a handful of people who aren't paying some sort of attention to what's going on. The what's going on being you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you make me a Powell? Pow, pow, pow! 57 out of 83. You feel your blood run around in your body. It isn't a blood pressure so much as it's a a feeling of it rush through your chest and down your arms and into your legs over and above you singing and performing it's as if there is something in you that is getting its own exercise okay it's a little hard to explain it's a little thrilling you feel that place in your abdomen give a very slight muscular clench like your muscles contract a bit mm-hmm. and then it slowly kind of pulls off and eases as you uh, finally pause and let the band give you a breather and I can drink some of the drinks <laughs> <laughs> there's an array it looks like you have your pick as far as type so it's anything from martinis to champagne. There's a lot of champagne here. A lot. Well, i probably go towards the champagne. Miss Lane, as Jack is clearly staying in his compartment safe from the rest of the hijinks and craziness on the train, what will you be doing? Well, I guess since if I feel confident that he's not going to need to get up and wander around, is he sleeping or anything? Oh, you're not certain. I mean, he's in his compartment. Unless you're going to go in there with him, you wouldn't know. That would be unladylike. I am, however, like sitting on the bar top, like talking to people. You know, I'm really like hamming it up. I'm going to go find the other, the, the rest of the group or go see what everybody else is up it is, to. It is not hard. Um, halfway through your second passenger compartment, you hear the saloon car before you get there. And it is a raucous event going on and even as you finally kind of breach the doorway and enter the space uh, you can feel that the humidity in the air it looks like even staff have kind of begun opening slightly opening some of the windows along here to vent the space uh, because it has gotten a little warm Uh, Miss O'Shea is sitting on the bar and she is kind of um, encouraging others to join in the festivities uh, you walk into what is what looks like a, a concert um, or at least a party and it feels the energy in the room feels palpable it's really positive energy it's like walking into an amazing party it's been a while since I've been in something you know <laughs> that wasn't we're running and having to shoot at things and getting covered in blood and <laughs> Don't rule that out. The night's still young. I know that's it's true. true. Do I spot Lillian? Oh yeah, without. A, oh, I mean, I'm she's... gonna waver over and hold a glass of champagne up. So I go walking over. Um, hey, Maeve. 
It's li- probably loudly because it's loud, I'm sure. Well, yeah. I'm probably talking to several people because yeah. I'm taking a break. Oh. There's, a, there's a crowd that has gathered around her. So I'm in the back. I get, I, I haven't. Okay. You have to move your way. Yeah, I mean, people that's. Telling people wouldn't let you in. Right. They're not. She hasn't grown fanatics by any means. Not yet, anyway. And it is uh, Lillian. Yeah. That's true. I I politely say excuse me to the people crowding around. Let her in. Let her in. That's my friend Lillian. And I'm like gonna shove like a glass of champagne at her. So <laughs> I I smile like you know brightly at Maeve and I I see you've made some friends. Oh, we were singing drinking songs. Really? I. It's a great time. I don't. Thinking, I, I actually don't know any drinking songs. We've we've all been learning, haven't we? Yeah, the crowd chimes in. Oh, she should show, show her the one that you did before. They start like pressing her to get back into um, her uh, vocal ranges. Teach? I would love to learn one. And I'll start back up. Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't take more than her feet hitting the floor for her to start in all over again. And... She is an exceptional singer, and she seems to kind of have... Sigmund would probably pick this up a little bit, too, and likely Sam as well, as he's at least observant of this. The crowd seems to kind of just get into what she does. And there's almost this... Hypnotic effect? Yeah, it's a really strange allure that's going on. Hmm. And for whatever reason, it's especially significant in something that you're not expecting. You as a doctor, knowing the way men and women interact, you would expect that the people who are most drawn to her would be men, hmm. right? That is not the case. The crowd is mostly women around her? No, the crowd that, that is as drawn to her are women. Hmm. It's not that the men are not. It's that the women seem to be the ones keeping the song really going. I'm going to watch as I cross the room. I'm going to watch the revelry as she produces it. I really want to watch closely the reactions of the people. I mean, in-depth reactions. Yeah, that's um, something likely psychology. Mm-hmm. That would be a psychology role as well for Sam if you're um, interested. I don't know if you are. That's a three under 79. No, I'll let the doctor diagnose. Yeah, so it's extreme. Okay. In... Whether it be her vocal ranges or the songs that she's singing or the method she is using or (laughs) the sway of her hips or the movements of her body as she continues to work the crowd, it is like a light hypnosis. And it could be something you think, Doctor, that Miss O'Shea isn't even aware that she's doing. Because you don't see any intent behind her visuals, right? She's you, just having a good time. You have seen hyp- hypnotists, mm-hmm. many of them, mm-hmm. especially in the medical practice. Mesmerists and such. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but whatever she is doing uh, has some sort of desired effect. Make note of that on my way to the other end of the car. Uh, Lillian, mm-hmm. I'd like you to make me a power roll. I got a 24 out of 50. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting into what the the songs and, and that sort of thing is not difficult for you. Um, you're not really feeling the same draw everyone is. But uh, you're definitely having a good time. And 
if you want to anyway. And the alcohol certainly helps. But yeah, it seems like, I mean, it took her only well, maybe a half an hour or so to, to get a whole new set of fans. She has a beautiful singing voice and the, 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 the energy I feel is just, I mean, it's nice, but I just don't understand why, you know, why everybody is so enamored so quickly. Um, I kind of step back from the crowd a little bit and I mean, I have my champagne that she gave me and I, I think I will um, watch from afar. Sure. I mean, the saloon car is only so big and she's moving around the entirety of the car. So, or at least 80% or so of it. Um, so she performs as she goes. Um, and so it's like to truly like watch her from afar would be to pick a corner. Those corners are taken. Speaking of which, Sam, give me a spot hidden roll. Extreme success, 9 out of 58. So um, with that extreme success, the gentleman who walked in a couple of minutes ago has been properly ID'd by the first gentleman here. And the first gentleman that is at the far section of the car from you has produced a weapon under the table. It is exceedingly well hidden. What is it? Why people got to get shot when I'm singing? All the time. If you just stop singing. I know, right? I did for a while. It is uh, a light caliber, at least it looks like, pistol. It does not appear to be a revolver. It looks like uh, a, a magazine weapon. Mm-hmm. Does he have Does he have a Maxis? It's possible. The old suppressor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is some sort of... I mean, this, this could be a hitman. There's a showdown happening. Well, is the other one aware? Like, are they aware of each other? Uh, they're definitely aware of each other. But with the movement of the crowd and Maeve moving back and forth, um, you can tell that the line of sight keeps getting broken. I did one of them as having a weapon, so I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk over to the target. The one that I don't necessarily know is armed or not, right? I know that one is. Yep. Yeah, I approach I approach the target. You um, step over in his direction and kind of weave your way throughout the train uh, car enough to get how close are you getting to him I, I do not so I do not obstruct the line of sight first I am not I'm not going to, to screw up whatever they have going on here but um, I want to basically get next to ish the target I feel like reaching distance okay that's fair I mean you you know these types of men and so you are likely going to want to stay out of direct like melee sure yeah you get close to one of these men. You see uh, he's got relatively uh, clean cut. He's got uh, swept back black hair, clean shaven. He's dressed in a fairly decent suit. I will stand in his peripheral. Like I'll, I'll be pretty visible. I'll, I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm looking at him. I'm probably half smiling. So I'm going to wait for him to acknowledge me without taking his eyes off the other guy. <laughs> Just ever so slightly lifts his drink and then takes a sip and then prepares to set it down. As he sets it closer towards the table, he says, Can I help you? You hear a very thick Russian accent. Oh, I don't know that I need your help. I was just curious about something. What? Why does that man want to kill you? It's a long story. The feeling is mutual. Go on. <laughs> I, just, I kind of like slide into the seat. Yeah, it's it's there's a, there's a, a seat uh, opposite him. Yeah, I slide into the seat. I don't, I don't look at the guy, the one with the gun. In my country, there are um, many different factions of who wants to be in charge. 
We each work for uh, an opposing group. Are you here for each other? Uh, clearly. His voice is like ice water. Like he, is he, what's he drinking? Uh, it looks like water. Smart. I will, I will get myself a water as well so I don't just look like I'm sitting there. <laughs> Do you think it's going to happen here? Not in this room. He's, uh, he's simply making a point. I see it. They are under the table. He can't shoot me here. He's impetuous, though. I'm Sam. Roman. He doesn't shake your hand. He acknowledges you. I, I, nudge, I nudge my water at him. <laughs> There's a whole lot of touching going on. You, you get about the same. What brings you aboard the train to Lausanne? Oh, you know, philosophical differences with uh, factions. Run a bit of a trip. Ah, I see. Yes, there are so many um, different philosophies in our times. Color versus color. In my case, red. His case, white. And you? Me? Yes, your differences. Oh, I guess when you're dealing with true villains, monsters, the inhumane, the depraved, it's easy to develop hostility. Mutually. I suppose this is true. There are many monsters. Well, and there are just some transgressions that can't be overcome, looked past. Some things are too far. I agree. So do you know him? Yes, Nikolai. He's a czarist. Upset that we uh, took the country back from him. This is political. <laughs> My friend, everything is political. I probably, I probably, my, my smile increases by like a good two thirds. <laughs> hmm. uh, I'm just going to sit and speculate for a while. I should probably shut up and uh, be comically entertained. These guys aren't taking their eyes off each other, are they? They are not. They almost, too, like from some of the view that you get, because you've got a decent view of, of both of them in your positions that you choose to, they both enjoy this game. It's likely they've been at it quite a while. Now, this might be hard to try to pick up on, but is the other one at all frustrated that I'm here? I think what is most likely is that he was at one point frustrated with it, um, but that time has probably passed. Given the crowd, given everything else going on, this is more of a acknowledgement, a, a good evening gesture from both of them. Uh, the acknowledgement that something is going to happen at some point on this train. Maybe just not at the moment. Uh, I'll probably just hang out and watch until the until I if if the doctor ends up looking for me, I will probably wander back over. Otherwise, I'll probably just chill here. So, as far as the rest of the night goes in the saloon car, Miss O'Shea, you have an amazing time. You actually make probably about fifty francs hmm. if you are willing to take the money that gets offered. You probably get. A little bit intoxicated, should you so choose, throughout the night. But at around about 3 or so a.m., the staff of the OE kind of slowly begins to pull the plug on certain things. And they shut the saloon car down. They let you know far ahead of time that the time has come for the staff to to quiet the car and to uh, allow people to get rest as Losan will be arriving at 7 a.m. Okay. And I'll help them usher people out and be like, okay, guys, it's time to go. Good night. Uh, you do your best. 
So the morning arrives way sooner for you than you'd hoped. <laughs> uh, for most of you, anyway. Uh, except you, Jack. The uh, the morning arrives right on time. You got a good night's rest, and you've healed another two hit points. Sweet. And now you're feeling a lot better. When the doctor changes your bandages this morning, doctor, even you see that um, that things are starting to finally look up. Prognosis is good, Jack. I don't think you will lose your torso. No, that's good. Yeah. There's nothing worse than trying to roll through life with a, a head and arms and legs. Yes, I was afraid I was going to have to amputate. Are you alone in your room currently? I kind of look up and down the car to make sure that neither Lillian nor Maeve is, nor Sam is about step into Jack's. Something I witnessed last night that was fascinating. Oh, yeah? Something that we should keep our eyes on. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that our sweet Miss Maeve is an uh, entertainer, yeah? Right, yes. Well, I think she has picked up a few new tricks. Oh, yeah? Hmm. She's quite entertaining. That whole car of people buying her alcohol. Yeah. At her will. Right. It's fascinating. Yeah. Mm, fascinating, huh? This was something above and beyond, Jack. It was quite impressive. I'm thinking maybe it is something that she has learned. Hmm? Like, um, almost uh, a hypnotizing uh, type of... There was a certain sway to her. It reminded me of the swaying of the cobras that you hear about, yeah? Yeah, I could see that. There's a long pull from the train whistle, and you begin to hear conductor or uh, staff voices say that uh, they'll be you'll be arriving in Lausanne in five minutes. I do not tell you this to frighten you or anything, but I do want you to know that I know that you care about Maeve as much as I do, and it's something that we must keep an eye on. For as much as I dislike the way that Sam approached it, he is not entirely pointless. No, right. She does have a lot of dangerous things. Mm-hmm. I am not worried about her using them against us. Right. I am worried about them consuming her. Right. So we must be careful. Yes. Yeah. Also, how are you feeling? Um, better. Good. I can, uh, I can hop around a bit. So do we want to send, uh, some, some of our items just keep going along until the end of the line? Sending some home? No, like, uh, to the, uh... Oh. To meet us at the end? Yeah. So we don't have to keep crossing borders with them? It's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we do not give up anything that we may need. Right. Like, you know, we just keep a few items, uh, in the bottom of a chest and send the chest along. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's about a little bit before seven, and the, the train pulls into the station... For those of you who have never been to Lausanne, and that would literally be all of us likely here, it is a very sleepy town, at least at this stage of the morning. Uh, There are very few places that are open. There's a cafe just right across the way from the station that seems to be open. The fresh breads and coffee that you can smell coming out. Yeah, quite quite a group of people that get off the train. For those of you from uh, who remember a couple of folks from last night, gentlemen, you do not see them exit the train. Just, but I mean, you can, you can just continue on, right? Oh, clearly, yeah. There's no, there's no. You don't have to stop necessarily, but Lausanne is a beautiful place on Lake Geneva. It's very picturesque. The Alps are nearby. There's a lot of reason to stop here. You could keep going if that's what you wanted. 
do we really need to stop and get Lasan, or do we want to spend a couple days here, or what do we want to do? Why we wouldn't keep going? We're on a. Reminds me of we're, my we're going home somewhere. Little, but right. This isn't a sightseeing tour, right? You would still have time if you wanted about five or seven minutes. If you were desperate for, coffee. say, Swiss chocolates or coffee, yep. you see, see, we are on tight schedule. Swiss chocolates. Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean, five wait, minutes. Make you know chocolate? How much chocolate? Hold up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you you could obtain Sigmund some some chocolates for the group, perhaps perhaps yep. uh, for your uh, fellow investigators. I buy two boxes of chocolates and a round of coffees. So when you wake up, you have Swiss chocolates and coffee to wake up to, which is particularly divine for those of you who are of the chocolate predilection. The train does continue for uh, several hours. They let you know that as they're going to be moving soon into Italy, that there will be a stop and passports will be checked. Okay. But it's about two hours down the line before that happens. We are going to stay in Italy for a little bit, right? Well, I mean, why? Because it's fun. So with two or three hours before the Italian border and the Simplon Tunnel, which is coming, the longest tunnel in Europe, actually the longest tunnel anywhere at this point, how are you spending your morning, late morning on the train? Doc is relaxing, enjoying coffee and giving Maeve a box of chocolates and then cracking open the other one and uh, having a few bonbons himself and doing very little other than checking to make sure Jack is okay. Yep, he's right there. He seems okay. So where, so where is everybody? I would imagine that some people are taking breakfast in the dining car. Uh, the large four or so, yeah, four-seat tables, big high-back chairs, very comfortable. Uh, you are weighted on hand and foot between everything from coffee to food. Yeah, I'm definitely getting breakfast. Jack, the telling thing about the Orient Express when you're having breakfast, especially on it, is that the, the smell of bacon is available to you. Sweet. <laughs> it is not an unknown scent, <laughs> as so many of the uh, those dining aboard have asked for it. But yeah, I mean, the four of you would probably have breakfast. I, I, w- I, would, I wouldn't hasten to, hasten to guess what Sam would be doing for breakfast, staying in his compartment and having food there, or if he's going to come out to the dining car with everybody else. Um, I'll probably go to the dining car. I mean, I would definitely seat myself apart a bit um, within earshot, and I would just keep my head down and keep my nose in the book. Sheepish. You don't want to have the conversation now? Well, I don't want to have the conversation in the dining car. Oh. Okay. So post, post-breakfast, the five of you are in the dining car. Doctor, mm-hmm. perhaps you should... Uh invite Sam along since he seems to uh, have a shine to you. <laughs> Gesture over towards Sam. <laughs> yeah, I'll shut the book, put it in a messenger bag, and waddle on over. Hey, Maeve, he's reading one of your books. Actually, I'm reading a different book. Yeah, no, he's not. He's, <laughs> he's, he's reading something else. Gesture to the seat. <laughs> Is there any other place we could go where we have any type of privacy? Privacy... You could try to in effect take over the dining car or portion of it like after breakfast but you're still going to run the risk of someone potentially overhearing something right you could ask staff if you could be given some privacy they might be able to assist you but what's wrong with us staying in the in one of the cars 
Well, it's just, it's a little, uh, it'll be a little cramped. I mean, we could do it. It's not a big deal. I just... We've been in worse situations. I will say this. The group waits it out a little bit. And you find space in the dining car. You take over the non-smoking section. What? Yep, that's right. That's what the staff can offer you. Because uh, they have to be able to offer Wait, guests. Is, is, there real, is there really a non-smoking y- yes, section? Yes, there absolutely is. I just figured everything was smoking. I'll show you the map. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> two sections are smoking and chain smoking. <laughs> yeah, they, they, um, the Orient Express offers a non-smoking section of the train uh, dining car. You get your space. There's actually a door between them. Oh, hey. We'll do that. So you get your space. Well, here we are. Yeah, we're all just uh, you, you, staring at Jack. Yeah, you called this meeting. So, there has been some tension lately, some incidents, and we need to deal with this now. I'm not going to go any. We're not going any farther until we deal with this. So, does anybody want to start? That depends on whether or not you care about what I have to say about what transpired or my motivations, or expect me to cower before your will as if you have one iota of control over me, let alone yourselves. Okay. Well, first of all. That's not a very good way to start, because I already don't like you, okay? Try to show a little humanity, and try to be a decent person. You've shown me no respect. You show nobody else any respect. I've already risked my life for you, and we've known each other for days. What more do you want from me? Our objectives are aligned. I'm of no harm to any of you. Aren't you? Maeve knows that. Whether she wants you to believe that I bullied her into submission or whether she gave over her trunk in an act of petulance with every intent of making herself look to be a victim, neither, neither one of the things matter to me. Stop acting like a child. You're not my father, Jack. Don't presume to, tre- don't to treat me as such. Well, maybe if your father had treated you, uh, raised you a little better. Are you gentlemen, done? Gentlemen, gentlemen. Are you? This will get nothing solved. Cooler heads would prevail. Almost everyone here feels that they have been done ill in one form or another, which is unfortunate. But if we are going to continue to undertake this, and we are going to do the job that it seems has become our lot to do, we're going to have to do it as a group. We're going to have to go in as a unified force. Which means... There are certain things that will have to happen, certain concessions that will have to be made for all of you to be civil to one another. I offered compromise. I was rejected. Did you? Yes, I did. We have only your word for that. Exactly. Your compromise was offered during... I'll make the same offer to the group right now that I made to Maeve, that you all believe was made in an effort to oppress her. You know what? Stop. Stop acting like you're the one being put upon. Like difficult choices need not be ill-informed choices. But to expect the burden of this knowledge to fall to one of us, knowing the limited faculties of any one of us at any given time, is assured self-destruction. It's senseless. So, wait. So... When you and I spoke back at the hotel, you mentioned something about us not being under our own control. I was I was kind of curious as to who is controlling us. I never said you were under anyone's control. I said you're being played. So who are we being played by? I look at Maeve. 
quite obvious, isn't it? So you're saying that Maeve is playing all of us? I'm saying that the situation as presented was dishonest out of spite or what have you. Perhaps she needs to make sure that I know my place in this pecking order. Perhaps once I've been properly chastised, she'll allow me the privilege of basking in her academic excellence while I try to figure out what else we can possibly do to survive the war that we've decided to engage ourselves in. I, I think there's one th- one way, to, I, there's something to be said about understanding what Maeve knows and everything, but there's another portion where you're never going to be able to do what she does. She has an ability that even I wouldn't even try to understand. You don't know that. You can't know that because we know essentially nothing. You are privileged to what she has told you, what she's chosen to tell you. I'm not claiming that her actions are malevolent. I don't think she means you ill will. She's trying to protect you. But in doing so, has created a situation where all of us are sorely underprepared. And so I'm going to ask you something, and I need you to give me an honest answer. Given the choice, if you could extract Forsyth's soul from the hell to which he got banished to when he threw himself on that rock, do you think that he would choose to be more prepared? Or do you think he'd say, you know what, I prefer ignorance. I prefer deferring to a, a person whom some of you trust your lives to. I think we all bring an expertise to the, to the table that that's why we're here. Can you touch something and know the history of it? Do you have that ability? I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you have the ability to treat a person like doctor does and heal them? I'm not trying to learn to be a doctor, Miss Lane. Should all of us uh, be taught by the doctor to perform surgery and modern med- and major medicine? Would the doctor deny you the opportunity to do so? Would he say these tools are not for you? If you're going to speak for him, doctor, would you? I would not, but I would not approach it in such a way as to take all of the medical books from a student who was flourishing and tell them that those books are for everyone. I would Um, let them have the books and study as a student. I would give them help. I would give them compassion. I would not view them with distrust. Here's the thing that I would also like to point out to everyone. Lillian already knows this. He read my personal stuff, I am assuming, because all of it was laid out on the top of my trunk. My personal stuff. He said he wasn't after things that were mine. I don't have to divulge to any of you what's going on with my mother or my relationship to Mr. Cross or how I know Mr. Pierce. No, you do not. That is your personal life. So, if we are supposed to trust one another... I think that is the wrong way to go about it. If you want trust, you have to give trust, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with... Sam, I don't think there's anything wrong with you asking Maeve to talk to you about what she knows and maybe educate us about everything. But I think that in the way that it went, that, that the whole situation was gone about in the wrong way. You don't even know what the situation was, Miss Lane. None of you do. You're trying to understand what she knows, correct? I don't care what she knows. I care what there is to know. Right, but what she knows is in those books. And and if you wanted to know it was in those books, you could have approached it in a different way. I did. You could have said, hey, 
Can you show me? Can you teach me? I don't think Maeve is opposed to that. I mean... She's already taught the doctor quite a bit about uh, the information. I asked her to cooperate with me. Did you? Yes, I did. No, because I know how you ask things. You just do them. You barely know me. Yeah, well, we've seen enough of what you've done. You uh, hide in the shadows, you scurry around, you do what you want. You never tell anybody what you're doing. How are we supposed to trust you? In fact, the more I think about it, you show up when we get to England. No one's ever heard of you before. We've never seen you before. All of a sudden, you're supposed to be our friend and help us. Why do we trust you? But we brought you in, didn't we? We did trust you. And this is how you repay us. I've been loyal to our objectives. Simone was loyal to your objectives. He died trying to help you fulfill your objectives. No. He didn't die. Yes, he sacrificed himself. No, you didn't die. You are still that person. I'm not dead. Simon is dead. Don't try to weasel out of it. Simon is dead. As is who he became, has once again returned to the fold from which he will rest until an offering is made. Then you're a whole new person that we don't know at all. My name is Sam. Right. Well, and we understand that we're not we're not saying that's not true. I I think that's part of the mistrust is that we need that understanding of exactly what happened. Then ask me. That you and Doctor had these private conversations, which is conversations to help you heal, but we we don't. So what happened to Simone? Where where did he go? Telling me he returned to some fold doesn't explain the situation. He didn't. Simon is gone. He was made as an offering. To who? He's a, uh, you could call him a, a god of sorts. In order to be able to inhabit a, a, a vessel, a sacrifice has to be made. It needs to be empty. So the, the soul that embodied this body right here is now taken over by something else? It's not literal. It's... Well, I'm trying to understand. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe the doctor can ex- doctor. Can you tell me in layman's terms? Perhaps Maeve can tell you about possession, if I can't explain it. I don't know anything about possession. How dare you assume? If I may interject, your occult skill is fairly phenomenal. Well, you know sure. quite a bit about possession and probably could give it some rationality here. Well, from what I have read, you have to clear your mind. Remember we went to spiritualist society. Okay, and they talked of spirits and other things. Yeah. Which we actually witnessed with Montgomery Crompton as a, he was a spirit of a form, of some form. Yeah. Well, he would need somebody either completely weak willed or someone willing. Or that thing that we found that looked like my father. Yeah. To inhabit, to have a body to move around in. So there are spirits that are floating around in the ether or whatever that can, supposedly, I've never witnessed it. I've never, Montgomery Crompton was the closest that I've ever witnessed anything like that. If you can summon a snake the size of a city bus, I'm willing to give Sam the benefit of the doubt. Well, okay, sure. This, This is also saying then that Sam 
was some spirit floating around in the ether that then inhabited this body. No, Baron Criminal is gone. His job is done. He performed his service. He exacted his justice. He got his blood. The exchange was, he spared yours. And that is somehow different than what I do. I didn't say it was. We both understand transformation, Miss O'Shea. I don't condemn you for what you do. I question whether or not you should shoulder it on your own, by yourself. We should put you in that position to be the one whose sanity will eventually fracture, and you know it's going to happen. We are fragile creatures. And you either will end up mad or you'll end up a Gavigan. Is there any other road for any one of us? Here's the thing, though. You came in assuming that you were the one to make these decisions. I you came in, came in I needed tools. and I needed tools, and you have them. You know what? If you're not going to listen to what somebody else says, why are we going to listen to you? Fine. Tell me, tell me what I did. Tell me what I came in and did. You're arrogant. That's the problem. You think you're the only one who's fit to make these decisions. If you really wanted to get this information out and have us disseminate it, you should have come to all of us and said, hey, can we talk about this? The idea came to me that night. Then you Jack. wait. Why? Because Every day is it a lost is not opportunity for your us. decision. I didn't make a decision for anyone. She gave me the trunk. I never told anyone what to do. Yeah, you did. And even if you didn't, you certainly didn't ask any of us what you should do or what you can do. You know what? You need to sit back and take a while and actually come up with where you're supposed to be in this. You are not the leader here. This is not your place, not your group of people to control. Then what is my place? Your place is to sit in with the rest of us and figure stuff out as a team. And yet none of you know what's in these books. I find that extremely But ironic. you know what? When you taking them is never going to tell us what is in these books. You coming in and just grabbing them. I didn't take them. They were given to me. They weren't given to you. Yes. They absolutely were me. not given to you. You laid down an ultimatum. And what was that ultimatum, Jack? Why don't you tell me since you were there? Listen. All right? I didn't need to be there. You know why I wasn't there? Because <laughs> somebody put a bullet in me. Oh, okay. And that was an accident. Was it? I, I don't think he meant this. Yes, okay. it was. None of us were prepared to have our vision obscured. Listen, Sam, you know what? If you really knew what you were doing, you wouldn't have gone down with her with a rifle. Here's the deal. I don't trust you. I don't know you. And I'm going to continue watching you. And if I think for a second you're going to stab one of us in the back again, I will put you down like a rabid dog. Can we take a breath? Please. Again, I'm of no harm to any of you. We, we know. I, I know. I don't. Nothing's going to get solved if we're going to sit here and just argue back and forth. I think everybody needs to take a breath, take a step back, and I just can't get away from this because I, 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 because maybe my brain's just not understanding. But Sam, are you the original soul in that body or was was it the other person? I've had many lives, Miss Lane. No, no, the, the physical body you're inhabiting. Who was the original person in that body? I don't 
don't have an answer for you. She looks visibly confused. I, I know we want to talk about all this other stuff, but I really want to understand. I, I do want to understand that. I agree with Maeve and, and Jack that the way you went about doing this was incorrect. I understand your reasoning behind doing it. I get it. And if you, somebody tells me one more time that I don't understand it, we're going to have a problem. But I think there's a better way for us to do this. If we're supposed to be a team, then let's be a, let's be a team. We're not going to solve anything going into Egypt with a fracture in our team. It's going to get us killed. Or somebody's going to die. I don't care how many lives you've had, Sam. We're going to die. We need to be able to back each other up. I think I know how to solve this, but I will need a moment with Maeve. If we are going to be permitted to have secrets and operate in confidence, if she is concerned for her safety, you can restrain me. No, everybody has secrets. We all have secrets. I don't think Maeve is keeping anything. If I asked Maeve about her books and to sit down and show me and to let me look at them, we need to be open-minded. So the doctor and Jack and I will step out of the room. Right, Jack? As, as long as Maeve is. Maeve's, Maeve's yep. okay with it. And we will go to the dining, like, we will go have a drink. Not a, not a lot of drink. If you need us, we will be right inside the dining car, having the other side of the dining car having a drink. Is that acceptable? Sure. So, so the three of you kind of get up and, yep. and, and give them space. And the door shuts. Slight silence. I sit back down. You feel betrayed. I understand that. You need to know but I'm not after you. Whether or not you know me, I have not my own, but memories of you. I know that you are effective and you are a valuable ally in this struggle. I also understand that I would be lying if I was to say that I was not impressed by the distance you'll go to protect what is yours. I respect that as well. I will throw my messenger bag, flip it open, and gesture to it, show the books inside. Are they my books? If you think that I am somehow a threat, or to you in particular, or to what you have, or what you possess, I'm not. But if it takes something a bit more formal for you to understand how serious I am about this, you need to understand that I am of one mind when it comes to our objectives. So you say. But I have let this go, for, in the grand scheme of things, you don't matter. And if you want to blow up your brain by trying to understand some of this stuff, then you can do it. However, you threaten me or my possessions that you think you know about, we will have a problem. We just have to accept that any people that we're dealing with are extensions of this otherworldly malintent. If there is a thing behind you, I'm unconcerned with it. And I never meant to threaten you or anyone else. That is not the way you made it sound. That is not the way you came at me. I told you that I would come back for that knife because I feel that it's dangerous to all of us. I feel like it's poisoned you somehow. And I'm sorry. It's regrettable. But the fact that it exists and the fact that it is effective in this war means that there has to be other things out there like it, and the fact that we're not looking for them or know what they are or know how to make them scares me, Miss O'Shea. 
So if I have to become a highly motivated servant of yours because my self-guided agency is not permissible in this hierarchy, then I will do so because I'm not deluded by my sense of self-importance. I know how irrelevant we are. We're insects. Mm -hmm. We are, and only a few of us get granted the spotlight for just one second in someone's eye. Just one breath. That's all we get. So my concern is to deal with what we need to deal with because not every entity out there is good. And not every one of them is evil either. Some of them really could not care less. I'm not implying malice. These things, uh, to assume that they have morality would be to assume that they have some sort of human characteristic. What we've seen is not natural. It is not of the natural order. It is a universal force of some kind which goes above and beyond that, which may as well be, well, magic. But you need to understand that trying to understand all of it is not possible. We can only understand so much. Otherwise, all of us will break. The only things I wish to learn at this point are things that will be useful in our agenda. And if that means that I have to submit myself to your tutelage and pledge to follow your instructions, not to dabble in the ways that you would ask me not to because they trust you with their lives, if I wish to succeed, I must do so. The problem is, is most of what I'm taught is a sisterhood. So I don't know how to teach you. Then that means I must be allowed to learn on my own and find my path if Gavigan can do it. The only thing made him exceptional was he was rich. Yeah. I mean, I can point you in directions. I can help you understand what you can, but I also can't promise that you can do any of it. There are no certainties. I also can't promise you mental stability. <laughs> I chuckle. You understand the nature of self-sacrifice and the fuse which which with which we light our way. I am just hoping to make it to the end. And if that is my end as well, then so be it. As long as they make it, that is what I care about. My loyalty is not in question here. I am resolute in that. You all have spared me and given me an opportunity to become myself again for the first time. I don't think that I'm the one you need to be talking to. I think you and Jack have something to sort out. I will not like you any more or any less. You just are. Until you aren't. Then if it pleases you, I would keep those in my possession so that I can properly add them to my catalog. Like I said, you want to look at them, you want to risk whatever you want to risk, that's on you. You know, this process would probably be a lot smoother if you contributed what you knew about them. See, the problem is, I've only skimmed some of these. That one, I point to life as a god. Or that one I know in depth. That one I can tell you about. Then uh, shall we tell them that we have found a peace? There has been a treaty struck, sure. That's all I'm asking. And I'll head towards my car. So the two of them eventually walk out of the enclosed non-smoking portion of the dining car unwounded and un, seemingly unmolested. A lot of 
tension releases with them, it seems. And I would imagine that the three of you get at least some sense that there is at least a treaty in place now. What happens in the future from here is anyone's guess. But we'll have you all along for the ride. So we will look forward to seeing you next week on what is likely a very special episode of Masks of Neil Arthur Tep, brought to you by the Old Ways Podcast. <laughs>